We have got lots of stuff to talk about. We are ready to go, Lior. We are all over this like Kirstie Alley on a peach cobbler. So we will get to it very shortly. Everything you need to know about workplace harassment is coming up. Your phone calls, lines open, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, and, of course, one 225 talk That is toll-free. If you have not caught the TV show, Employment Hour and 30 happens on the weekends on Global TV and CTV, which we will talk about a little more uh, this evening as well. What, uh, what have you got going on? First off, pal. Well, I, you know, John Scholes, the, the master of the one-liners. Well, well done, my friend. Well done. <laughs> Kirstie Alley, good. Love it. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Johnny. And I'm glad, glad to be back here and to talk about uh, employment law, of course, and uh, workplace rights. I was uh, actually at uh, earlier today at Queen's University uh, giving a guest lecture there at the law school. Wow. And uh, a lot of questions about the various things. I enjoyed it very much. Thanks for everyone there to host hosting me today. The, apparently, they listened to the show, both the students and the teachers. So that, that's amazing. Happy good on them. Yeah, you know, hopefully they get something out of it as well. And everyone else here wanting to know about your workplace rights, your rights uh, in your job. If something happened, maybe uh, things are not always rosy. You want to know what your rights are? Uh, call us right now. We're here for the next uh, 45 minutes or so to answer those questions specifically. So don't be bashful. Uh, don't uh, hesitate. No bad questions. We want to hear from you. Or you can just reach out to me in the office at any time. We'll give you that information. But week that was is where we always start, and which is exactly where we're going to start today. So a couple situations that just uh, came across my desk. Uh, first one, I spoke with a gentleman just yesterday. Uh, he was let go. Now, he'd started with his employer 19 years ago and, and, and wow. had a good job. Everything was fine. But about six years ago, he left. And it was one of those things where he thought that the grass may be green or somewhere else. So he left uh, to take another role. But immediately realized that, no, that other job is not better. He missed where he was before. And three months later, he came back to the company. He made a call. Can I come back? They said, absolutely. He continued working. So he was gone for a total of three months in the last 19 years. Well, the company just announced some uh, restructuring and changes. And as a result of that, he's out of a job. So it comes time to pay him severance. Company says, you're a six-year employee. Mm -hmm. We're going to pay you severance based on that six years. He's frustrated. In fact, he actually forgot even about being away for three months, uh, six years ago. And he called me and he wanted to know, is that right? Am I really a six-year employee? You know, did the previous 13 years, did they get erased because I was gone for three months? Well, John, the answer is absolutely they do not get erased. When you have such a lengthy period of employment, if there's a small gap, that gap ultimately gets gets, uh, erased. We can overlook that gap. Our courts have made that very clear that your employment is deemed to be continuous. Now, if he was gone for a few years, that's different, of course. Right. But three months in a 19-year period means he's really a 19-year employee. So now, when he's let go and he's owed severance, he's owed severance as a 19-year employee, and that's a huge difference. 19 years versus six years, it could be the difference between six months pay and 18 months pay, right? It's, it's huge. So uh, I'm going to help him get his full severance, but I wanted to mention this to to our uh, listeners because not everyone has continuous employment. In some situations, you may have a gap. Either you quit and came back, or maybe you were let go and then rehired shortly thereafter. Whatever that is, in those circumstances, the law may consider you to be a a, a continuous employment, that gap almost like it doesn't exist. So if that ever happens to you, remember that. That's especially important when you lose your job because, John, as you know, the length of employment is a huge factor in assessing the amount of severance.
I'm surprised it happens even that, that that he's the one who pulled the plug and came back after three months. I would understand if it was the, you know, the company let him go and said, you know, three months we made a mistake, we're going to hire you back. But that that's good to know that even if he's the one who uh, – who uh, you know instigated the leave and came back? It still qualifies as a full 19 years for severance. That's uh, that's good to know, right? Absolutely, he left uh, his own volition, uh, came oh. back, and employment is continuous. And again, 19 years of service—that's going to be a hefty severance, a lot more than what the company's offered him. What else you got going on? Well, I actually got an email shortly before we got on air, uh, and so not someone that I spoke with uh, today, but I'm going to call her uh, tomorrow. So here, here's what happened. So I, as anyone in this province knows, today was a pretty uh, crappy day weather-wise, a uh, bit of a treacherous uh, day, you know, yeah. if you're going to be out on the roads. Well, she found out uh, about partway through her day that her kid's uh, school is closing, and they're, they're, they're asking parents to pick up uh, their, their children from school. Uh, and she is a single mom, and she immediately said to take off to, to pick up her child and, and take her child to, to her grandparent. Sure. So she told her employer, I'm going to be gone probably for an hour. I need to pick up my child, take him to the grandparent, come back. Our employer said, no, no, you can't. Today is a, it's an important day. You have a very important meeting in the afternoon. Uh, and they said, no, uh, you, you, can't, you can't do that. Well, she being a parent, and I think as most parents do, went anyway. When she came back, and again, this is all in the email, apparently they mm-hmm. told her that uh, we, need, we need to have a, an important meeting with you tomorrow to discuss what happened today. And she's afraid that tomorrow they're going to let her go. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to speak to her. But I wanted to raise this because this is nonsense. She cannot be let go for cause because of the situation. Number one, she actually did nothing wrong uh, okay. by, by going. And an employer does have an obligation to accommodate based on family status in this situation. She had to take care of her child. That's, that's reasonable. But even if what she did was wrong, let's, let's assume that for argument's sake. It's not. But let's assume that it was wrong. She shouldn't have left. That's still not cause. No. Remember, cause is a very difficult thing to establish. It's, the, it's reserved for the worst offenders. So she going out one time to pick up her child and coming back an hour later is not going to be cause. So it's silly. So I hope this company doesn't do something silly like letting her go. If they do, that would be a wrongful dismissal. So I wanted to raise that and mention it here to our listeners. Company has to accommodate based on family status. And as a reminder, even if you do something wrong, in most cases, that's not going to be cause for termination. This uh, meeting she's going to be having in the next day or two is uh, what kind of what's within the employer's purview to go through this meeting? Give her a warning, write her up. What can they do that's legal? Well, I don't know. Maybe they they want to talk. I mean, ideally, I mean, I would say talk to her about process. Maybe there's a process you need right. to first find someone to cover you, or, or you know, there's a process to leave. You can't just take off. Perhaps you know a procedural aspect of this, uh, but even a warning. I mean, come on, it's it's not yeah. something that 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 she should be warned for. Not much that can be done about a warning, but hopefully it's not a termination meeting. She's afraid that that it is. I hope that it's not. It would be a terrible reason to lose your job. So I I really hope that this employer knows better and doesn't, uh, doesn't try to terminate. You probably know by now this is a, a live call-in show. The phone line is wide open for you, 416-870-6400, star 640, on your cell, and one triple eight two two five talk That is toll-free. want to slide an email over, that is also an option for you anytime, help at employmenthour.com. Discussion is everything you need, uh, need to know about workplace harassment. This topic over 2017-18, and I guess onward, is going to be a huge one, right? It is a huge one, and, and you know, for someone that practices employment law such as myself, it's been a huge topic even before that. Probably over the last, you know, five, seven, eight years, uh, it's a, it's a topic that people struggle with. Uh, you know, it's okay now to talk about that. There's no stigma to that. 
people are aware that workplace harassment is a real thing. It happens. It's not a good thing. Employers have obligations. Uh, the law doesn't t- take to these things kindly. So it's important that we talk about w- workplace harassment, what it is, how to deal with it, and what to do if you're ever in that situation. Well, as they say, you know, let's get down to brass tacks, get right to the heart of it. What is workplace harassment? So workplace harassment is actually a very, very broad term, and it refers to any conduct in the workplace that's unwelcome. Any conduct that reasonably would be cons- uh, considered to be inappropriate and unwelcome is considered or can be considered workplace harassment. So it doesn't have to be a situation where someone is involved in sexual harassment. That's one form of harassment, but many types of harassment have nothing to do with the, with the, or have no sexual aspects to them. Mm-hmm. So uh, name calling, uh, you know, putting down, treating with disrespect, excluding someone for things from things that they should be uh, excluded from, uh, you know, using profanity. All these types of behaviors that could be considered unwelcome are considered workplace harassment. It's inappropriate in the workplace, and we'll talk about what to do about it. We uh, we sure will. The first cell, the phone number, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, 1-888-225-TALK. That number is uh, absolutely toll-free. We'll get to our callers, as we always love to do. Russ, thanks for uh, thanks for hanging on. How are you, fella? Not too bad, not too bad. Good. Home safely, I assume. Uh, what's, your, uh, what's your concern tonight? Uh, not concerned so much as a comment I want you to kind of discuss, if Lior could discuss. Um, cool. Recording your disciplinary meeting. Um, I've, uh, actually, I'm a union member. I, uh, I work for a transit company in the GTA. Yep. And I, uh, I was terminated wrongfully. I got my job back. But ever since I came back, I was very second-guessing the employer, making sure I'm documenting everything as they've tried some funny business. They weren't happy I got my job back, so I had to make sure I covered my ass. Or my plus, sorry. Rear end. Uh, yes, my yeah. rear end. And uh, CYA. Uh, so I'd record my meeting. Um, they had an issue with it to begin with, um, but the union lawyer knew that I had every right to uh, record my meetings. I have every right to record them, and I do not have to disclose whether I am or am not recording. The employer actually told me that after they did their own research, after trying to discipline me for not following their orders to stop recording the meeting. Right. Uh, so I just wanted maybe to talk about it based on this woman who's going to be having a meeting tomorrow. She knows to go sure. in, and if she wants to, she can disclose, you know, I record the meeting. And uh, she doesn't have to disclose whether she is or is not recording uh, the meeting. So she has a record of it in case they try something uh, untoward towards her. Yeah, or, you're, you're absolutely right. So I actually am a fan of recording meetings because it's, it's evidence. It's proof that you need in terms of what was said. So let's make clear what the law says. If you are part of a conversation, you're allowed to record that conversation even if you don't uh, tell someone that you're recording it. What you're right. not allowed to do, what's, what's illegal, is to record conversation that you're not part of. So if John right. Scholes and I are having a private discussion, you, you hide a recorder there, uh, we don't know that it's there. That's illegal. You're not allowed to do that. That's a criminal offense. But yeah. if you and I are speaking and you have a recorder in your pocket and I don't know about that, that is legal. You, you're allowed yeah. to do that. And, and so it's important to understand that. And you know, if you are going to have a meeting and you, you say, you know, I'm pretty sure things are going to be said in there and I wish there was a record of it, yeah, mm-hmm. it's okay to record. You don't have to uh, disclose that, and later on, that recording can become very, very important if there's a dispute as to what happened. So, Russ, your, your point is quite way, well made. You are allowed to record. As long as you're part of that conversation, you can do it, and you don't have to disclose it. Russ, appreciate that phone call. A heads up for uh, for that meeting for that uh, client of yours, uh, Lior, for sure, moving into uh, tomorrow. Brad, we'll get to you here before break. How are you, pal? 
Uh, I'm doing good. Thanks for taking my, taking my call. So sure. my question is is uh, pretty simple. It's uh, under what circumstances can an employer take money off of my paycheck without my consent or oh. permission? Well, the, the only money that an employer can take off your paycheck without your consent or permission is monies that they're required to deduct by statute. So uh, t- income taxes, uh, employment insurance, CPP, those amounts, th- th- they're allowed to take off. Now, in some situation, there may be a court order. Let's say uh, you, you owe money on, uh, on child uh, uh, support, and there's a court order requiring the company to, to deduct from your paycheck. They can do that. But beyond that, they're not allowed to withhold any amounts without your consent. Even if okay. you owe the company money and they say, well, we'll take it from your paycheck, they're not allowed to do that without your written consent. It doesn't matter uh, if you actually legally owe them the money, they can't take it up. So in your situation, Brad, what are they taking off? What are they deducting? Okay, so basically they're trying to, they're trying to get a union into, our, into my workplace, and I'm yep. like, uh, I don't want no part of your union. I don't, want to, I don't want my money being taken away from me. I see. pay you for somebody... Because I never went into a contract when I took this job with the union. I went into a contract with the company I'm working for. Okay, so, so let, let me tell you how that works, Brad. I understand exactly what you're saying. You're saying that if it becomes unionized, they're going to deduct union dues, and you're saying you don't have my consent. So, so let right. me explain how that works. If the company becomes unionized, you have the right at that point to treat your employment as being constructively dismissed. Because as you said, you're now in a different situation. You're now in a different job. So you say, that's not what I signed up for. So I'm going to treat yeah. that as a constructive dismissal and leave with severance. If you decide not to do that, if you decide to continue working, then they are allowed to deduct union dues because by statute, by operations of the Labor Relations Act, that, that once you're unionized, they can deduct uh, for, uh, your, your union dues from your pay. And it's part of the collective agreement. So there's not much you can do about that. So what happens is you can treat that as a constructive dismissal if you don't, you become unionized, and they can deduct from your paycheck. So basically, I have no rights. Well, the, or the only right is to treat that as a constructive dismissal. Yeah. Uh, right. And so if you I, can I do that, quit, I have to quit my job yeah. because I don't want to be part of, of a union. Well, unfortunately, yes. You know, it, it's not fair, but that's the way the system is. If there's enough people voting for the union, you know, essentially majority rules, if you will, uh, then you become unionized. And you, ha- you can leave with severance and go find another job that's not unionized if you want. Uh, and they- that severance could be substantial. If you ever want to talk about that, Brad, if you're in a situation where you say, I don't want this, I want to treat this as a constructive dismissal, call me. Call me right away. And here's a good way to do that, Brad. Appreciate the call this evening. It's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred, or simply help at employmenthour.com. Get a hold of Lior, uh, Paul, Frank, Katrina. I see you all there. Hang on the line. We'll get to you as well as we take a short break here and get right back into the Wednesday night edition of the Employment Hour right here on Global News Radio. Tonight, of course, Wednesday, the weekend shows and Employment Hour in 30 happens on CTV and Global TV on your weekend mornings as well. Moving right through, and we're going to uh, get to our next caller, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell, and that would be uh, Paul. Paul, thank you for hanging on, fella. No problem. Thanks for taking my call, guys. You've been a wealth sure. of information for me. My thank question, you. Oh, thanks, man. Might be a little bit on the simple side, but can you explain to me or, or how it works uh, with a constructive, constructive dismissal uh, financially from my perspective. So what do you mean financially from your perspective? So so let's say I, I come to you and I decide that I want to be constructively dismissed. I have something, uh, I'm in my right to do so. 
Right. Um, so how does everything work? Like, do I go to unemployment and start on unemployment right away? Like, how do I survive? Got it. Got it. I understand. So, so, uh, so obviously, if you've been constr- the first thing we would do is assess whether, in fact, you've right. been constructively sure. dismissed. Right. If right. you've been, uh, if something happened in the workplace, a change or anything that made it uh, sure. uh, uh, impossible to work. But in, if they did, then the first thing we would do is you would quit. And then we would work on getting you severance, and oftentimes it would be either sending a letter or starting a claim to get severance, and based on the usual factors, age, position, and length of employment. Now, uh, in the meantime, you can apply for EI. In applying for EI, you'd have to explain to them that you quit for good reason. That's the term that they use. If they agree that there was a good reason that you quit, then, then you can get EI. But even, even if you don't get EI, here's what happens. When we resolve the constructive dismissal issue with the company, when we negotiate your, your severance, as part of that agreement, we can get them to issue a record of employment that say that you were in fact terminated, and at that point you can get your EI. So you will be able to get EI either right away or after we resolve the severance issue, uh, but uh, these are not complicated cases. Uh, in most cases, we can resolve them fairly, uh, fairly quickly, get the compensation that you're owed. The important thing about a constructive dismissal, I've said this before, hopefully you, you've taken note of that, is you can't sit on that. If something happened that results in a constructive dismissal, we need to talk right away. If you sit on that, if you wait, then you may be waiving the right to pursue a constructive dismissal. So if that happens to you, you've got to reach out to me right away. Okay, that's, that's great. That's good to know. I, and one other question, if you don't mind. If my employer moves from one building to another, even though the buildings are next door to each other, can I refuse to move with them? That type of change would not result in a constructive dismissal unless there's a good reason why you can't work in the other building. Maybe uh, it's an unsafe building or it's extremely dirty or, uh, I don't know, there's some good reason why you can't work in that building. If it's just, yeah, move from building A to building B next door, if, if you refuse, that would be a resignation, and then you wouldn't be owed anything. So okay. there would have to be a good reason as to why you don't want to be in that second building. Paul, you want to follow up later? Uh, no problem. one 821 5900 And for anyone else uh, here for the remainder of the hour anyway, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. We'll get to all your calls as we uh, ramble on here. Uh, Katrina, hello. How are you? Hi. How are you doing today? Excellent. What's uh, What's going on with you? Good. I just wonder if there is a time limit on harassment. So uh, by time limit, you mean time limit until you can pursue it? Yeah. Uh, Are you still working in in the place where the harassment happened? No. So there's two years to to pursue any matter, generally. So two years from... uh, And and if you're talking about an incident or, or a series of incidents, it's two years from when the last incident happened. Okay. And would that include if it's um, harassment based on gender or age or anything included? uh, Yes. Uh, And and if it's a human rights issue, arguably the the period becomes shorter. It's a year, but we can still get it extended to two years. Uh, You know, it's important not to sit on these rights, but generally speaking, the limitation period is two years. Okay, perfect. That's one I wanted to know. Thanks, Katrina. Thank Great. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Katrina. Appreciate that. And thank you for your call. Going to move on to uh, to Frank. Hey, Frank, thanks for hanging on. How are you? Not too bad, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Great. No worries. Uh, my question is was in regards to grounds for back pay. Uh, we got a company that um, employee-wide got significant pay increases to match competitor rates. And uh, wondering if there's any grounds there for back pay. 
So, no, and let me explain why. Generally speaking, uh, the, the only time the, a law gets, the law gets involved and tells the employer how much to pay is when it comes to minimum wage. So an employer can't pay you less than minimum wage, but as long as the employer is paying more than minimum wage, it can decide how much to pay and when to pay more or when to, pay, uh, when to increase pay. Now, uh, so if a company simply says, we want to be more competitive, so we're going to increase the pay for everyone, that's fine. They're not legally required to do that. There's obviously business reasons why they want to do that, but there's no legal obligation. And because there's no legal obligation, they also don't have to provide back pay. You may tell them, listen, I'm going to go somewhere else if you don't give me back pay, and they may decide to do that. But from a legal standpoint, they're not required to give back pay. Uh, Again, unless, of course, you sign an employment agreement. If your employment agreement says you're going to make a certain amount of money, if they didn't comply with that and later on they started complying with it, then, yeah, you can force them to pay you back pay. But unless there's an agreement requiring them to pay you something, uh, then back pay is not something they're legally required to do. Wonderful. Thanks a lot for uh, everything. Thank you. Thanks, man. Appreciate uh, appreciate the call. Let's move on to God. We got somebody. I'm going to move on to uh, to Robert here. Hey, Robert. Thanks for calling in. How are you? How are you guys tonight? Good. What's uh, what's up with you? Okay, so uh, the employers just sent out a memo to uh, all the stores um, stating that all employees that already have a contract in place, myself included, for the last two years, um, have to start uh, working one evening a week and working one Saturday uh, a month. Um, And, you know, we're, since the beginning, we've been told to make our own schedules up and work when you want as long as you got, you know, 40 hours in. Uh, That's your prerogative. You make your hours. We just need 40 hours. Um, Most of us work Monday to Friday. Um, Some people do choose already to work on a weekend. Um, However, that doesn't work for me. And uh, there's no there's no union, uh, Robert. No. Okay. So this is would result in a classic uh, constructive dismissal. It's a, simply a situation where they're changing the terms of employment. They don't have the right to do that, because you know your terms of employment was I work these days. I make up my own schedule based on my availability. And if they change that and it doesn't work for you, the option that you have is to treat that as a constructive dismissal and pursue your severance. So even though there's no way to make them not do it. Your option is to say, I'm not going to accept it, and I'm going to treat that as a constructive dismissal. So if I've only been there for a couple of years and I only make 60000 a year, yep. um, what type of money would I be, you know, ballpark looking sure. at for severance? How, how old are you, years. Robert? Uh, 35. So uh, after two years, sorry, just turned thirty-six. Thirty-six. Happy birthday! Uh, so, so after two years, you'd be looking at three to four months pay. Okay, so that's okay. what's at stake here: three to four months pay. And you're right; you'd have to decide whether that makes sense to pursue. Before you tell them to go jump in the lake, and you're not going to do that, I want you to uh, to call me because we want to also take a look at your employment agreement to make sure we dot our uh, I's and cross our T's. Uh, but that's what's at stake for you: three to four months pay, and that would absolutely be a constructive dismissal, Robert. Yeah, because I remember listening to your program probably a year ago, and um, you said once you're in a position at the company and the company just arbitrarily goes and changes something, um, they can't unless you accept it. And then if you accept it, then now you've said, okay, yeah, okay, I accept it, which leaves them open to continue to make more changes as long as you keep accepting them. You're you're paying attention, my friend. That's spot on. That's exactly what I've said. 
I like I like what you say, man. No, no, I can't say that on radio, can I? Uh, no. <laughs> How about that? Thanks, yeah, man. I appreciate it. Basically. That. <laughs> that is uh, is fantastic. Moving down to gosh, where do we go? How about Roger? I think uh, I think you'll be waiting a little while. Raj, how are you? Not bad, not bad. How you doing? Good, sir. What's uh, what's going on with you tonight? Okay, so my partner got hired at this company. She's been there almost for a year. Uh, the position was created for her because somebody had moved on to another position. Now right. the other person, the other person couldn't handle that position that he or she had moved into and decided to come back to this position that uh, my partner right. was hired for. And, and then so she's she out of a job. Late. No, she's out of a job. So, unfortunately, they're allowed to let her go, even though this is unfair. I agree with you. Of course it's unfair. Most normal people would say that this is unfair. But from a legal standpoint, they're allowed to let her go as long as they pay her severance. Do you know how much severance they're offering? No, I don't know. So, again, based on her age, her position, and we know she's been there for about a year, she could be owed anywhere, frankly, from one to four months, one to five months pay, again, depending on those factors. So the key here is to make sure that she gets what she's owed. So tell her to go to severancepaycalculator.com or to reach out to me as soon as possible. So we can't do anything about the company letting her go, but we definitely, definitely can make sure that she gets the severance that she's owed. Okay, no problem. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Roger. That number, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred would be the way to get a hold of Lior and the team. Moving on. Angelo, good evening. How are you? Hi, good evening. Uh, thank you for, for taking my call. You bet. Yeah, uh, last Monday I was currently uh, working. Then uh, th- th- my employer called me. Can you? Can I talk to you a minute? He said, yes, I, I said. Go to my office. Then he said... If you notice, uh, we are not uh, too much busy right now, he said. Right. Yes, I said. So what do you mean? Uh, I, w- I will uh, lay you off temporarily for 16 uh, weeks. Yeah. Yep. And uh, it is effectively tomorrow, he said. There, there was no there was no uh, uh, two weeks notice that he going to lay me off temporarily. Just only the, during that uh, day, when he said that, it's effectively right away tomorrow. Right. That's what he said. And now, Angelo, is there? There's no union. There's no union. Okay. So, so union. now, what do you want? Would you want to go back to work, or would you want to get severance? What What would be your preference here? Oh, of course, I cannot work that uh, because he said uh, it. It will be take uh, sixteen weeks. No, but if, would you want to go back to work now, or would you want to just not go back at all anymore ever and get severance? I don't, I don't want to go back there anymore. Because, okay. Uh, so, so here's what it is. A, a temporary layoff is actually yeah. a termination. They're not allowed to do that. By laying you off temporarily, they've in fact let you go, so you can make them pay you severance. Okay, mm-hmm. how long have you been there? Actually, just only seven, seven months. Okay, so it may not be substantial. It may not be a, a, a great amount. Depending on couple factors, it could be one, maybe two months pay. So you have yeah. to decide whether you want to do that. But the other thing you could potentially do is I could potentially make them take you back to work right away. A letter from me is telling them, oh, no, no, you can't do that. They may respond the very next day and say, okay, fine, come back to work right away. So your options are three. You can sit at home and wait for 16 weeks and go back if they call you. You can have me help you go back to work right now. 
or we can pursue severance, which again could be one, two, maybe three months pay for you. Uh, either one of those are options. Uh, we're going to move on to, to a, a few of our next calls, but I want you to reach out to me as soon as possible, Angelo. No point sitting at home because you have rights. Get on it, Ange. And again, that number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmenthour.com. Got uh, Julie up next. Hello, Julie. Uh, good evening. Hi. How are you? I'm doing good. I have a call in concerns with my sister. Good. Sure. Excuse me. I had to clear my throat. Yeah, my sister. Um, she's a, an apprentice, uh, an auto mechanic apprentice, working at an independent auto shop. Mm-hmm. So I guess it would be considered a small business. Uh, she was fired. Uh, there was no prior warnings or any kind of disciplinary or anything. So there's really no reason that she understands why she was fired. Right. Um, would she be owed, well, would the employer uh, owe her two, uh, two weeks' notice, and if not, uh, two-week pay, or can she go after severance? So uh, how long has your sister been there? A year. A year, and, and how old your sister? 30 years old. So she is she is owed uh, severance, uh, and for her, I would assess her as being owed probably two months' pay. So two months' pay is what she is owed, and that's what she can pursue. Uh, they're allowed to let her go, even though she doesn't seem like she did anything wrong, but they owe her that two months' pay, Julie, and, and that's the severance that she's owed. With anything less than that could be or probably is a wrongful dismissal. So have her give me a call. Let's let she and I connect and touch base, and I can help her. It could be as simple as sending a quick letter to the company. Uh, yeah, two months' pay is nothing to uh, nothing to scoff at. Julie, appreciate the call, and uh, well done uh, doing that for your sister as well. To reach out again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Moving on to uh, to Russell. Hey, Russell, how are you? Not too bad. How are you? Good, pal. What's uh, what's going on in your world? Uh, I was just recently let go yesterday from my job. Um, I was there for a year. Actually, it would have been a year today. Um, huh? And they let me go uh, with no warning. Um, I was only I was previously suspended once in uh, in uh, in October for one day, and uh, uh, I refused to do something on Monday and went in Tuesday, and they handed me a termination paper. And uh, what kind of a job, Russell? And how old are you? Uh, transportation, and I'm 30, 33. Okay, and, and no union? Uh, no union, no. So ultimately, this is going to come down to whether or not uh, they have cause to let you go. In other words, did you do something that's so bad that allows them to let you go without severance? Now, I, just from the very little information that you gave us, it doesn't sound like you did something to justify a termination for cause. And if that's the case, this becomes a termination without cause, and they owe you severance. The usual factors are age, position, and length of employment. And you too probably is someone that, that is owed about two months' pay, potentially uh, three months' pay. So that's what's at stake for you. They're allowed to let you go. What would make this illegal is letting you go without compensation, without severance. So, uh, Russell, you know, you, you, you've been wrongfully dismissed from the sounds of it. I want you to reach out to me and let's talk about that and let's get you severance. Uh, but yeah, that's what's at stake two, three months' pay. Russ, uh, get on at one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is that number? Help at employmenthour dot com. Stephen, uh, you're up next. Stephen, how are you, pal? Uh, good. How are you doing? Great. What's uh, what's going on with you? So here's my situation. Um, mm-hmm. I work full time, and I also have a part time job. Um, I've been at the part time job for twenty three years. Wow. My part time job is just 
overnight. It's at a group home. And it's just overnight. You just go in there and you do the overnight. Yeah. Recently, they made that that position a full time position, so the part time people have all lost their jobs. Like they have, the, the agency has given the part time people an opportunity to pick up hours in the agency somewhere else. But they had this crazy concept that it's called the block system. So, for example, they would give you three. They would offer you three shifts. You have to be able to do all three shifts. If you can't do one of the three, you cannot have the block. They offered me a block with three shifts. I cannot do one of the shifts. So they're, they're saying right now either I have to accept the block or in a, or I have to resign. All or nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. Uh, not union? Not union. Okay. Well, no, that's not that's not how it works. Uh, they're the ones changing things, obviously, uh, and they're not allowed to do that. So, no, you don't have to resign. You're simply going to tell them, no, I'm not available, and I'm I'm available to continue doing my my other job. Uh, this is either as a regular termination or a constructive dismissal. They're the ones doing this, so you're going to be owed severance. If as a result of this, they don't schedule you anymore, they they let you go. Either way, that, that's a termination in the eyes of the law, and they're going to owe you severance. Uh, you've been there for 23, 23 years, you said, right? Yeah. Can I just and, add one more thing to that? Yeah, please. Yeah. Out of the out of the three shifts they offered me in that block, I actually got the one a staff at another location to be able to pick up that shift. Right. And they're still saying no. No, so that, I, that's unreasonable. And, and here's the thing. It sounds like you're actually going out of your way to try to accommodate what they're doing. You could have simply said, no, I, I'm not going to do it. I'm not even going to try. I'm simply going to stick to my, my regular schedule that I've been doing for 23 years. Right. And, and if you don't like it, then that's on you. I'm, I'm, I'm not changing things. You are. So uh, how old are you uh, right now, uh, Stephen? Uh, 50. 50. Okay, well, in your situation, you probably are looking at about 18 months' pay. I mean, that's what they would owe you, 18 months' pay. Uh, I I wouldn't sit on this. I mean, see if you can resolve it internally with them. I mean, tell them, listen, I can't do it. I have another job. I have other commitments. I'm available to continue doing my regular shifts. And if they say no, if they let you go, if they don't schedule you, 18 months' pay is what you're owed. I want you to reach out to me as soon as possible. But certainly try to resolve it in the meantime with them and see if they're willing to be reasonable. Smart call, Stephen. Thank you for calling in that number uh, to reach Lior. Now that we're uh, getting close to the end, it's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That's the way to uh, to move on from there. Walter, thank you for hanging on. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing on this cold? Good. Day? Yeah, we're uh, we're we're inside, so everything's all right. What's going on in your world? All right. Uh, so I'm just calling um, on behalf of uh, one of my friends. Um, so he's got a known disability, something that's been like registered through. ODSP got like all that paperwork and all that formalities um, dealt and done with. Yeah. Um, so he was let go from uh, his job just earlier this week, um, and it happened right after he had brought uh, the doctor's notes from the doctor to the employer saying, "Wow, these are the kind of requirements he needs, slight adjustments." Um, when he was going in to get those doctor notes, I kind of advised him on my part, saying, "You know what? Um, the employer they've got the early start shift and the late start shift." Um, and so I advised him, like, get your doctor to write down that it's preferred or it's best for this employee, for my friend, right. to work the late start shift due to medications, you know, that keep him, that keep him drowsy in the, um, in the overnight. So just, like, wondering what kind of accommodations could a person um, ask for? And, you know, in the case of my friend here, even though he was only at this place for, I'd say, about a week and a half, uh, what kind of things could, uh, could he go for? Well, like, you know, what you describe 
what you describe as a human rights violation. Let's be very clear. The company has to accommodate, and th- there's no uh, there's no limited list of what the accommodation could be. It's essentially what the person needs. In some cases, that may be different hours, uh, different uh, responsibilities, help doing the job, uh, working from home. As long as there's a legitimate medical reason, and as long as a doctor is saying that's what the person needs for medical reasons, the company has to accommodate. And even if it's difficult, they can't say, wow, gosh, this is too much of a pain in the butt, so we're not going to do it. Uh, So if they do that, that's a human rights violation. And if they turn around and let the person go because of it, that's even more of a human rights violation. So here's the thing. Even though your friend has only worked there just for a few days or a week, what have you, he has significant entitlements because of this human rights violation. Then he shouldn't Mm -hmm. take it, and that's wrong. Uh, what they've done. So have them reach out to me as soon as possible. Uh, you know, it, it's something that the law doesn't doesn't uh, take lightly and takes actually very seriously. Uh, they had to accommodate. If they didn't, that's a human rights violation, and he should call me. Yeah, yeah. And and another thing, like he was also just terminated from before he got this job. He was terminated from a previous position where he was at for about six months. Right. Um, in that situation, like he kind of did his absolute best, worked as hard as he could, kept his disability kind of hidden. Um, and unfortunately, you know, that ended in the termination. Um, and then in the case of the second of this employment, he disclosed it, was upfront about it. Yeah. And again, he was terminated. So it's like, you know, we, we, we don't really know now where to go. To, to a good employer is going to accommodate. You know? He did the right thing by telling him what the limitations are. He did absolutely the right thing. And, and don't make sure he doesn't get frustrated by this because it's the employer that acted illegally. Your, your friend did the right thing. So have him call me and, and let me deal with that for him. And that is it for another night. one 821 5900 help at employmenthour.com. An active one, my friend. You are busier than a one-legged Ooh. man in a butt-kicking contest, but you handled every <laughs> single call. Nicely done. We will return uh, with more on the weekend. Of course, Employment Hour at 30 happens on Global TV and CTV on your weekend mornings. You want to reach out now, one 821 5900 help at employmenthour.com. And always, always, always consult severancepaycalculator.com as well. Till next time, don't go anywhere. On Point with Alex Pearson returns right here on Global News Radio.